0: Isaiah, chapter 46, verses eight through 13. I'm going to read this in the New International Version. Remember this, fix it in mind. Take it to heart, you rebels. Remember the former things, those of long ago. I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. I make known the end from the beginning From ancient times, what is still to come? I say, my purpose will stand, and I will do all that I please. From the east, I summon a bird of prey. From a far off land, a man to fulfill my purpose. What I have said, that I will bring about. What I have planned, that will I do. Listen to me, you stubborn-hearted, you who are far from righteousness. I am bringing my righteousness near. It is not far away, and my salvation will not be delayed. I will grant salvation to Zion, my splendor to Israel. May the Lord bring us understanding as we ponder on his word. We look forward to Pastor Cliff's sermon today.
1: What was the first word in our scripture reading? Remember. That's an important word for us as Seventh-day Adventists, isn't it? Remember. What's the first thing that comes into your mind biblically when the word remember comes up? Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. A day that so many of the Christians throughout the world have forgotten, right? or they never learned about it. They weren't taught about it, but the Bible says remember that day. We are a people of remembering. We really are. Not just the Sabbath, and now the Sabbath is that important. Sure, so many things tie into the Sabbath. Attributes of God, plans of God, tie in with the Sabbath. History of God ties into the Sabbath. So the Sabbath is a great thing to remember. But what else do we remember as Seventh-day Adventists? Well, we were told by a messenger of the Lord that we ought not to forget. Well, that means to remember then, doesn't it? We ought not to forget how the Lord has what? Led us in our past history. So we want to remember how the Lord has led us in our past. Now, as a church... We have a past. You know, we study about how right here in New England, the Lord brought together people from all different church backgrounds to study. What were they studying? What were they discussing? About the second coming. And it led them to what books in the Bible in particular? That's right. Book of Daniel. Book of Revelation. And they started looking at prophecies more carefully than people had for two hundred years, four hundred years. They started really looking. And then the Holy Spirit led them step by step to look at other parts of the Bible and other themes in the Bible, other subjects. And they were Bible students, weren't they? Did they only come together once a week, do you suppose? No, they were meeting often together to study, to discuss, to explore, to dig deeper into God's Word. Did God help them? Did God bless them? They had a wonderful experience. So we want to remember how the Lord led in the past, that we don't forsake that. Now, uh, what about as individuals? Now, we have a church how the Lord, uh, history of how the Lord has led us. What about as individuals? Do you remember how the Lord brought you to Himself? Do you remember that? Do you remember what it was in your experience? How He did... Maybe it was a sudden thing for some. Suddenly you were confronted with uh, something in the Bible. Maybe you came to some meetings. Or you you were listening to... Voice of Prophecy radio program, or It Is Written or something, and you were just hit so hard with things in the Bible that you'd never heard, and it just transformed your life so quickly. But maybe others, like myself, it was a step-by-step process. From when I was young, and then as a teenager, going to some meetings, but then going to more, and then going to other things, and then going to college, and finally, it wasn't until I was in college where I came to know Jesus as a personal Savior. How was it with you? How did the Lord lead? Do you remember? Are you holding on to that? Are you cherishing how God brought you to himself? And was there, were there some scriptures involved with that? Were there some books that were helpful? I remember some of the very first... Favorite Bible verse. I remember hearing people in the, Bible, in, the, in the church say, what is your favorite Bible verse? And I thought, oh, I ought to have a favorite Bible verse. And I thought about it. And the first one was Jeremiah 31.3. And then others came into play in other experiences of my life where they, things became favorite Bible verses. And I can remember those. They indicate the steps that God was leading me on in my spiritual life. And then the book. Oh, besides the Bible, the book Steps to Christ was a key factor in my experience. And then the book Desire of Ages was a key one. And so on and so on. Other things through, the, through time. And then certain, bo- certain songs. Was there a song involved in your conversion experience? Was there a hymn? I remember at the evangelistic meetings there in the aeratorium. You know what an aeratorium is? It's a tent held up by air. It doesn't have big posts inside. Well, it does have some safety posts, but they pump air into it and it holds it up like a balloon. And you go inside, they had the meeting. It was right on the front lawn, of the Worcester Church, which at that time hadn't been built yet. They just had the fellowship hall and classrooms built. And so they needed something big to hold people in. Anyway, in the aeratorium we had an evangelist and a singing evangelist. And Don Jacobson was the singing evangelist. And I remember he sang, How Big Is God? How great and wide his vast domain. Have you heard that song? Beautiful song. And then the other ones, he could have called, how many angels? 10,000 angels. That was a great song. I remember those still. Do you remember? Maybe some of you remember some of the Heritage Singer songs. Do you remember those? Some of you may remember, oh, what was his name now? I oh, just escaped my memory. Uh, the The singing evangelist for Billy Graham with that deep voice. George Beverly Shea. Maybe some of you remember George Beverly Shea. Maybe maybe some of you are way too young for that. And you have other songs that the Lord used to, to lead you, to guide you, to inspire you, to draw you with your heart experience close to him. Don't forget those things remember, cherish, and thank God for what He did in your experience with Him. Maybe some of you were were blessed enough to grow up in a Christian home. And maybe you remember kneeling by your bed as a child and your parents having evening prayers with you. Maybe they read Uncle Arthur's Bible stories and bedtime stories to you. Don't forget those things. Cherish them. Remember how God has led you in the past. And you'll have confidence for how He's going to lead you today and in the days ahead. Be a people of remembering. So we remember how God has led us. What about the promises of the Bible? Are you remembering God's promises? You've read them. You've seen them. You've heard them. But are you remembering them? And are you applying them in your life? And then the stories of the Bible, like we said in the children's story today. Those stories are meant to be word pictures to let us get involved again in what was going on with the Lord and His people. Now there's something else that we, and we've referred to it a little bit already, that we as Seventh-day Adventists are remembering. We remember the prophecies of the Bible and how the prophecies so many so uh, the vast majority of bible prophecies have already been what fulfilled and we remember the history and how it fulfilled the prophecy now that's important because there's some prophecy that hasn't been fulfilled and the people of the world and maybe even many Christians are saying we don't need to study those things. We don't need to worry about those things. The world's going to go on and so on and those things aren't going to happen. But we remember that what God said would happen has happened and what has happened convinces us that what He said will happen will really happen. And we're seeing those things being fulfilled. So we're remembering the fulfillment of prophecy. Now, today we have a service where Jesus said, Do this in what? Remembrance. Do this in remembrance of me. Now, it's good to remember the stories of Moses and Noah. It's good to remember how the Lord has led us in the past and even the prophecies and the promises. But most of all, we have to remember Jesus. That's it. Got to remember Jesus. Now, what do we remember about Jesus? What do we remember about Jesus? Remember how he was born. That's, you know, Christmas time. We remember how he was born and special things that happened then. But we remember how he loved people. Wasn't that great about Jesus? How he loved people. How he loved the people who were down and out. And he wanted to lift them up and help them and free them from their troubles. How he remembered the people who were on the edges and they were tend to be pushed aside. And what would Jesus do? He'd pull them close. Whether it was the little children or the people who were rejected because of their sicknesses. Or they were looked down upon because of their status in life. Or because they were of a different race. But Jesus pulled them in, didn't he? Didn't he know how to love those people? Wonderful. And what about the ones who were self-righteous? And Jesus had to talk firmly to them, but he did it with tears in his voice. He wanted to reach them. He loved them. What a lover Jesus was. What, how, how marvelous that love. How wonderful that love. And then, of course, we remember how he suffered, and this this service reminds us of his suffering. Um, I was just reading a book, and it and it it, it uh, mentioned, and something I hadn't thought about the the grains of wheat had to be broken to provide the bread that we're going to eat. And the grapes had to be broken to provide the juice that we're going to drink. And isn't that true with Jesus? He was broken. He was crushed by the weight of our sin and the way he was treated. And he did it for us. So remember how he suffered and remember how he died. But that wasn't the end of the story because he rose again, didn't he? He triumphed over the grave and over death and his sacrifice was more than enough to cover for all the problems of the sins of the world. And then in the service too, Jesus said, I'm not going to drink this juice until when? Until I drink it with you. He still loves us, doesn't he? He wants us. He's looking forward to being with us. Personally, drinking the juice with us again. So there's the promise of His coming again. Now, I've recently been reading through the Bible again, this time in the New Living Translation. I hope you're reading through the Bible on a regular basis. Now, you don't have to read it through fast. It's, take, it's taken me a year and a half. I'm only about halfway through this time with the New Living Translation. Somebody lent me this in a in the format of a chronological Bible if you're familiar with that it means that that the it's not in the order of things that are in our standard Bibles but it's in the order of how things happened in history and so uh, anyway it's been interesting to read it that way I've never read a chronological uh, uh, organized Bible before and I've never read it in the New Living Translation before so this it's been uh, helpful for me to see things in a little different way, a little, some new perspectives. Well, you know that in Isaiah 53, now if you may want to turn here, because I'm going to uh, just spend a moment with this. In Isaiah 53, what's in Isaiah 53? Who can tell me? Pardon? Not the birth of Jesus. Something else important, though. All right, it's called the Suffering Servant. Many of your uh, Bibles will have a heading. Uh, in my version, that I have here the New King James Version. It, uh, it doesn't have it at the beginning of chapter 53, but in chapter 52, verse 13, it calls it the Sin-Bearing Servant. And it goes through chapter 53. So it's all about Jesus and how He... With his stripes we are healed. You remember that verse? And it tells all about that. But then, I didn't realize chapter 54 has something special uh, that I never realized was so close to that passage on the sufferings of Jesus. In in the first part of chapter 54, I'm not going to read all of that, but it talks about, a, a covenant that God is making with people who have been hurt, and then uh, how how He's going to include people from all all over the world are going to be part of god's god's family, god's tent and isn't that happening? Isn't God reaching all around the world to bring people into his family and then look down here now at verse nine, for this. Is like the waters of Noah to me for I have sworn that the waters of Noah would no longer cover the earth and you know about the rainbow reminding us of God's promise he'll never send another worldwide flood who never cover the earth so have I sworn that I would not be angry with you nor rebuke you for the mountains shall depart and the hills be removed but my kindness shall not depart from you nor shall my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord, who has mercy on you. O you afflicted one, tossed with tempest and not comforted, behold, I will lay your stones with colorful gems and lay your foundations with sapphires. Now I just remembered, I have this here. Let me see if I've got the right place. Uh, No, and I won't bother looking for that. Okay. Now, notice this. I'm going to lay your foundations with colorful gems. What does that make you think of? Have you ever heard of foundations with colorful gems? The New Jerusalem. Here's the New Jerusalem of Revelation back here in Isaiah. And it comes right after the suffering of Jesus the inclusion of people from all over the world into God's family. And then he says, now I'm going to give you a new place to dwell in that has foundations made of gems, of precious stones. And then verse 13, and all, oh, I'm sorry, verse 12. In fact, I I need to finish verse 11, I see and lay your foundations with sapphires, and I will make your pinnacles of rubies, and your gates of crystal, and your walls of precious stones, and all of your children will be taught by the Lord, and great shall be the peace of your children. In righteousness you shall be established. You shall be far from oppression, for you shall not fear, and from terror, for it shall not come near you. Indeed, they shall surely assemble, but not because of me. Whoever assembles against you shall fall for your sake. In other words, you'll have no enemies anymore. Sin will be done away with, won't it? The the accomplishment of Christ is that sin will be done away with and we will have a home with God forever. So let us remember... Today, not only the sufferings, but the accomplishments and the promises of Jesus. Let us pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, what a Father you are to us to see our need and to meet that need by sending Jesus, who alone could accomplish what needed to be done for us. And it took a great sacrifice, which we're remembering today. We remember how much he hurt to go through with the plan. But he did it, and he was victorious, and he accomplished everything. And we look forward to the fulfillment of the promise that we will drink the juice again with our Savior. And we will dwell in that city with colorful, precious stone foundations And never have any enemies again. We will be yours forever. Thank you for loving us. And for drawing us. For saving us. In Jesus name. Amen.